Hi, this is Weed. And this is Cliff. Thanks for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast. It's a collection of things we think are interesting, and we hope you enjoy our take on them. And if you do, please consider clicking that Support the Podcast button over on the other side of the page. Thanks again for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast. Today's episode of People Will Steal Anything, Anytime, and Anywhere goes to Cambridgeshire, England, where a man walked into a Tesco grocery store last week and tried to get out with a product on the cheap. Investigators say he first went to the bakery area where he picked up a rather expensive item worth about $13 U.S., then took it to the produce department where he put the item on the produce scales, punched into the computer that it was carrots, and then, soon enough, a label pricing it at about 50 cents was stuck on the package and being scanned at the checkout. And in an all-time classic cliche move, the pastry product, Krispy Kreme Donuts, and the man, now in deep trouble at work, a member of the local police force. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way I would be around carrots, though, Cliff, really. Is <laughs> if they were actually donuts. <laughs> yes, and I put on a fake, fake sticker saying that they're carrots, yes. Well, here we are on a Wednesday. I've got a microphone, yeah. a stack of music over here on my left, a really? few commercials. and Okay. Let's see if we can MacGyver this thing into a radio show this morning. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say? Do you, do you have a pocket knife? I do have a pocket knife, yes. Well, we, we might be in luck then. We mentioned this on Monday, and I want to say this again just as yep. a reminder. What's that? This is National Fraud Awareness Week. <laughs> And fraud can take many, many forms. Like when the Disc Jockey Academy told me talking on the radio is a lucrative profession. (laughs) Liars. (laughs) Don't believe them. (laughs) That was... That was fraud. That was fraud, Cliff. You you believed that, didn't you? I believed it wholeheartedly. (laughs) I always thought I was just in the wrong spot, but no. It's a total lie. Don't believe the Disc Jockey Academy. They can't sue me for saying that, can they, Cliff? Or do, are they still in business? Yes. Oh, they are? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to have a lawsuit here, am I? Well. <laughs> it's been my experience you, yeah. that it was a big lie. Um, I guess, you know, before, before it can turn into a lawsuit, they have to actually hear you saying it. Oh. So... You think people at the DJ Academy actually listen to the radio? No. <laughs> okay, then you're probably safe. <laughs> We'd hear something I bet you didn't know about the country of Canada. While our neighbors to the north do have a lot of things in common with us Americans, the fact that it's a lot colder up there does, in fact, make things different. Like, say, how much of Canada, well, Canadian citizens, have to interact, interact with the wildlife, which is why government officials there issued a warning to drivers You'd probably never hear here. Us Hoosiers are well acquainted with the dangers of striking a deer on the roadway. And I remember how unusual it was to drive into Colorado a couple of years ago and see signings warning drivers to be watchful of elk. And while you do see the occasional moose in the lower 48, they're much more at home above the border and are, of course, much larger than something we'll see standing on the side of the road in Indiana. In fact, the average male moose full-grown, weighs in at about three-quarters of a ton. You certainly don't want to hit one on the road, and as it turns out, they're on the road all the time because they like salt as much as any hooved animal and will kneel in the middle of the roadway after the the road crews come through in a snowstorm to get it. Those moose will take the salt wherever they can get it, 
And that's why DNR officials in Canada now warning, do not let a moose lick your car. Which is too bad, actually, because in some areas of the country, that's known as a Canadian car wash. <laughs> I'm a little light in the front pocket this morning, Clem. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm hoping you're going to explain that a little further, because... I don't understand what that means. Well, I heard the AP News talking about Home Depot. Their sales have went sky high because everybody is you know, fixing yeah. up their homes. And yes. I'm sitting here this morning with the key stuck in the ignition of my car that I'm now driving. You know, the different one I had to get. I can't pull the thing out for love or money. I'm telling you, it's stuck. <laughs> And the so key, you're, the key is in, is it broken off? You no, just can't get it out. I just can't get it out. It's in there okay. and it won't turn all the way off. And oh. so I'm sitting here this morning without keys yeah. in my front pocket, and it feels a little bit light and a little bit disturbing, Cliff. Whenever I'm walking, <laughs> I'm used to being pinched by a key, and I'm not feeling any pinching this morning. So I'm a little light in the front pocket, and I'm worried that the whole time I'm sitting in here. My battery is slowly going <laughs> down, down, <laughs> down. There's no chance of this starting whenever I leave today, is there, Cliff? It's very slim. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. It's very slim. You know, I tried to undo the battery when I got here. But how'd that work? Well, it's not like we have any tools here at this place. But <laughs> <laughs> well, no. Why so, would we have tools? Yeah, so I, you know... We got plenty of microphones, but I, no tools. Yes, I grabbed the Fisher Price pliers we have in the back room, and yeah. as I was twisting trying to get the nut to come off the uh, battery, <laughs> my hand slipped and I um, split my thumbnail wide open. So it's been a beautiful morning so far. You ever had your key stuck in the ignition key, Cliff? Well, um, you know, <laughs> I can't say that I have, like yours. On, on my car, which, you know, has an electronic thing. I've gotten it stuck in there once, but I realized that it was like I had it two days and I had forgotten something very simple to do. Uh, and I'm wondering if you have not done that as well. I've See, got because, it in park. Okay. <laughs> yes, I have yeah, it in because, park. You know, when I switched from the car I had before to the car I had now, I went from a stick shift to an automatic. And so... Putting it in park was basically something I had not done for, I don't know, seven years. <laughs> but it is in park. It is in park. I've okay. tried over and over and over okay. again. I think you're screwed. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I think so, too. Yes, Cliff, it's true. What's My that? key is actually stuck in the ignition. I've had a lot of text messages with suggestions, <laughs> and then some people saying it's not really stuck. They've never heard of that. I can assure you, it's jammed tight. And jelly tight or something like that. It's in there. And Cliff, I told you yep. that I took my thumbnail and cracked it trying to use the Fisher Price pliers right. we have here. You were trying to disconnect the battery so it wouldn't run down because basically your key is stuck in the ignition and it's on, more or less. Yes. And <laughs> here's the sympathy I received this morning, Cliff. Okay. Bill McCracken, wait, I'm sorry, I split your thumbnail open there, and work it on your car. When you split that nail, I just wanted their mashed potato heads. Did mashed potatoes lose out of your thumbnail there, or was it gravy? All right. <laughs> was it gravy? Gravy, yes. <laughs> Which one was it? It was gravy, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Hang on just a second here, Glyph. <laughs> What's the problem? I just got... I just got done jiggling my wheel. I'm a little out of breath. 
jiggling your wheel. Yes, I was told to do that by text message. A lot of people have been concerned about yeah. my stuck key. Yeah, I've watched the text messages yes, come and, in. And so I've been out jiggling the wheel, and that didn't get the key out either. Oh, no, it's still there. It's still in there, yes. I, yeah. I'm getting ready to type up a bunch of choice cuss words and go out and give it a little speech later on. If I only had a top hat, Cliff, I would feel like <laughs> I could do some good. <laughs> oh, I appreciate the cuss words coming in my text, but I've got my own. I can, I can, right. I can do my own. I can, I, I've got that on the list already, Cliff, yeah. I'm, that I'm typing up here. And we got this response from my crack nail. Corner waiting, Cliff. Nick from Otwell checking in. Wait, what kind of gravy would that be? Would it be brown gravy or country-style gravy? Mm. Mm. Or could it be giblet gravy? Okay, we weren't going to say that word. <laughs> Wasn't that banned until after Christmas, Cliff? Uh, I believe you did ban it, but yet here it is coming back. Yes. Let's, giblet let's, gravy. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do, Cliff. I'm kind of in a mess here. <laughs> I'm out of breath. I've jiggled all I could jiggle. <laughs> I've jiggled myself out of breath. I'm surprised we haven't already spoken on this program of the latest contribution to society by one of your all-time favorite people. Recently, news on the coronavirus front has brought information about two different candidates that are leading the way to becoming a vaccine and hopefully getting us out of this mess. Initial trials show both vaccine candidates, well, one made by Pfizer, and the other made by Moderna to have quite similar effectiveness. Both use a genetically engineered approach that modifies the RNA of the virus, not you, just the virus, and it renders an immune response to COVID-19. The problem is both of the vaccines have to be kept cold to ensure they work. In the case of the Pfizer candidate, that's nearly 100 degrees below zero. For the Moderna candidate, it can be stored at closer to minus four. Part of the research done on the Moderna vaccine was at Vanderbilt University in Nashville, Tennessee, and with the help of Dolly Parton, who donated a million dollars in the search for a cure. Thus making, at least partly so, if it all works out, Dolly Parton responsible for saving the human race. Scientists working on the program say they were able to do mountains of research in a short time, thanks to Dolly. In fact, one of them said, our cups runneth over. And they're definitely happy for her support. He did not say that. <laughs> well, you know, historians years years from now may very well remember Dolly as the breast friend to the human race. <laughs> she does something wonderful to try to help the entire world. And you go down that path, Cliff Ingram. Well, it's kind of a valley you just can't avoid now, isn't it? <laughs> Well, Cliff, before we get to the confession, I mentioned mm -hmm. once again the DJ Academy and what happened to, to me up there <laughs> when they talked about a lucrative job yes. being in radio is. You uh, you feel as though your attendance at the DJ Academy was based on fraud. Yes. Because they told you this would be a lucrative career. That's what they kept telling me. <laughs> and you believed them. I did believe them. And yeah. then we got this voice message. Okay. Top of the morning, Phil McCracken. Uh, Wait, I went ahead and called the DJ Academy for you on your behalf. I talked to him, told him you weren't happy with your income. They told me that, uh, uh, speaking of money, uh, you owed them money. You see, that's <laughs> not why we need to be calling them. 
<laughs> I was going to just call them out on the radio, not call them. <laughs> not call them I on the phone. I know I owe them money. <laughs> and, and, and whoever answered the phone pulled their keyboard up and looked up your student records. Yes, so I know I owe them cash. <laughs> But I think it's a you know a trade-off. They lied to me, and I'm going to owe them forever. <laughs> well, Cliff, here's my confession Okay. about the key stuck in my car. Okay. And once again, I appreciate everyone who's texted in. We even had a couple of calls about it. Okay. Showing me different things to do and yes. videos to see. You, YouTube and whatnot to go, yes. to go look at. Yeah. The confession is this, Cliff. Yeah. Oh, the key's stuck in there. I'm not lying about that at all. Mm-hmm. Right after I got this piece of junk. <laughs> like, We've officially escalated your vehicle to a piece of junk. Yeah, well, you should hear what I've been calling it earlier this morning oh, outside. God, that's yes. right. Stuff you can't say on the radio. <laughs> yes. Yeah. After I got this piece of junk, maybe three yeah. weeks, mm. in the mail, yeah. I've got one of those recall notices that GM sends out in a little postcard. You ever seen those things? Yes. All right. I got that. Threw it away. Got it again a few weeks later, looked at it, and it did say something about a recall on the ignition switch of Marubadooba. Something like that. Switch of Yeah, something like that. I wasn't paying a lot of attention to it because I'm thinking as old as this car is, if it hasn't had the trouble yet, what are the odds that it's going to happen anyway? (laughs) Wouldn't that make sense to you, Cliff? Well, yeah, I guess that's true. And so here today I sat with a, a recall in hand and a key that won't come out because possibly, Cliff, I should have taken that into the GM dealer and had that fixed. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm thinking. That's yeah. my confession. But I'm still thinking a <laughs> uh, pair of pliers and a good twist, and I could have a hit here, Cliff. Cliff? Yes. Isn't this the season or at least the beginning of the season of love throughout the entire world? I always thought that was uh, the Valentine's time frame. Oh, yeah. I don't know anything about love. What am I talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Why not even go down that path? Well, there's not much love on this voice message. I'll say this, Cliff. Oh, oh, okay. Go ahead. What's more frustrating than hearing Christmas music before Thanksgiving? Bill McCracken's voice on the morning road show. There's no love there, Cliff. (laughs) Oh, that's brutal. (laughs) Should we play a little bit of Christmas music to test that theory out after the 9 o'clock news? we should not, no. Are you sure? Yes, I'm positive. Saturdays, uh, holy days, uh, stop your voting uh, for the food fight. Hey, you got a little book, Phil McCracken, and a little Christmas music uh, before Thanksgiving. Okay, all right. There's your answer, Cliff. Stop your voting. The voting's done. <laughs> well, here he is, our news director and our official tally man. It's Cliff Ingram. Okay, so uh, I'm uh, catching some of the uh, last-minute uh the votes seem to kind of come in from everywhere, and originally I thought it was going to be a tie, equal number of votes for Phil McCracken, and equal number of votes for Christmas music before Thanksgiving, both of which would be outweighed by the votes cast for neither. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> uh, but then there was a, a caller on the uh, the uh, anytime line. Someone said uh, that um, well. It might be Phil McCracken, but he, if he was blowing as much wind through his bagpipes as he blows on your radio station, he might actually be better. 
Oh my. Well, yeah, and so uh, I'm kind of sad to say that the uh, the votes weighed in in Christmas music before Thanksgiving won. <laughs> well, you have me confused. Yeah. I thought we were doing the votes for the food fight. Oh, I thought we were voting on Phil McCracken or Christmas music. <laughs> Let's do the food fight one here. Oh, okay. Well, I can do that here real quick. Okay. Because, uh, you know, there's not a lot of counting over there. No, there's not a lot of counting over there. <laughs> in that case, Wild Turkey, the big winner in the battle in the uh, semifinals there over mac and cheese by uh, three votes. And Gravy beats Stuffing by the slimmest one-vote margin. That's the closest we've ever had. Yes. And 66 right. votes came in, which is the most we've ever had for any I of know. these. <laughs> wow. So that means who's in what, Cliff? Uh, that means it's uh, in the final four battle, it's going to be mashed potatoes versus dinner rolls and wild turkey versus gravy, both of which can be drunk, by the way. Well, Cliff, on TV yesterday, I was looking yeah. around there, and an expert came on and said that all of this social distancing is ruining school for all of the kids that are in school. And okay. I can kind of see that happening. Now, yeah. I'm not saying this because I like the social distancing and the reason why we're having to do it. But mm. I feel like, Cliff, if I was back in school, I yeah. could have used a little bit of social distancing, and I would have been cool with all of that. That would have kept the people away from me. And would have kept my underwear expense relatively low compared to what it ended up being. That's right. Because <laughs> it's pretty hard to give someone a wedgie while you're social distancing. Yes. If they would, you know, enforce that whenever I was in school, social distancing, you can only wedgie so much, Cliff, and then you got to get new. That's that's just like I mean, a rule. It, it, eventually, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a lot of tearing and shredding. I don't wonder why my parents never wonder what was going on. They never questioned it, Cliff. <laughs> I mean, your mom did the laundry, right? <laughs> yes, but never questioned a bit of it. I don't know. And it's time now for Take It to the Bank. Okay. Well, Cliff, this one could have been really easily done. All I had to do was just Google the answer, but I thought, why do that? Why not tell a little story and kill a little bit of time? So, Because that's what we all want to hear in the morning. Our time wasted. Yes. <laughs> Go so ahead. I figured I'd waste your time with this one. Now, don't Google okay. this, Cliff, okay? Okay. Okay. I'm but not. we're going to answer eventually the question of how much does $1 million in $100 bills actually weigh? Now, the story goes, Cliff... And okay. George Clooney has confirmed that this is absolutely true. Okay. Back in 2013, before he was married, George was flush with all kinds of cash. He had just done a uh, movie called Gravity. They didn't think it was going to do very good at the box office. He took a cut yeah. of the box office and made more money than he ever thought imaginable. <laughs> and so he decided to help out 14 of his older friends who had helped him in his 35-year career. Okay. Those that had loaned him money, actually fed him when he was broke, let him sleep yeah. on their couches. Yeah. And he said, you know what? These guys are already in my will in case a bus hits me. So let's just pretend the bus has already hit me, and let's not wait. <laughs> so he invited them to dinner, all 14 of these men, and he came up with $1 million dollars 
and put a million dollars in 14 different bags, taxes already paid, and yeah. gave his buddy, buddies a total of one million apiece. Okay. And I got to thinking, what an incredible story to paying it forward for people that have helped you get where you're at. No, you're absolutely right. And number and, two, yeah. how strenuous would that be? Could I lift, Cliff, mm-hmm. if somebody, you know, one of our wonderful 11 listeners <laughs> dropped well, off a million dollars at the front door. Walked in with a bag and said, here you go, my friend. Here's a million dollars. Could I lift it up and put it in my car? Well, I did the research, yep. and it comes up, Cliff, roughly 22 pounds is what a million dollars in $100 bills would weigh. In $100 bills? Yes. Okay. Change, I'm not going to go there. But in no, $100 you, you bills. You wouldn't want to go there. No. Um, so, I mean, you don't normally lift 22 pounds, but I think for a million dollars, you could make an exception. I would probably get a shot of adrenaline. <laughs> And then a shot of Jack somewhere because I'd be celebrating yeah. mm-hmm. no longer being, you know, mad at the DJ Academy. <laughs> yeah. Question has been raised, Cliff, by one of our wonderful listeners. Okay. And we also have an answer. So okay. first of all, the question. Hi, we and Cliff. This is Carla from Evansville. I missed what happened with uh, Weed's car. If he ever got the keys out, we'd like to know. Thank you. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a... We spent a lot of time talking about that, and a lot of people weighed in on ways that you could uh, resolve that issue, but we never did hear if that was done. Yes, and uh, Carla was kind enough to ask, and, well, I think this is the uh, answer right here, Cliff. Okay. Hey, Weed, I wouldn't put a million dollars in that car. (laughs) 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 You can't even get it started. So there you have the answer, Carla. <laughs> Cliff, anything said today? Raises of the day start with number three. I appreciate the cuss words coming in by text message, but I've got my own. <laughs> How's that working out for you, by the way? So far, not good. Right. You've, you've cussed at it, and it's still no help. Numerous times. Right, yeah. Number two, it's still oozing gravy. <laughs> How's that working out? That's not working out either. And it hurts. <laughs> wow. Number one morning roadshow phrase for today. It's pretty hard to give someone a wedgie while you're social distancing. You know, middle school would have been an entirely different experience for you if there had been social distancing in the 70s. I think so, too, Cliff. <laughs> I'd have had a happier middle school Much time, happier. too. Yes. yes. And your voice would have been deeper. <laughs> Why do you say that? I don't know. <laughs> If there's something you'd like to hear us talk about, go to weedandcliff.com and click the Contact Us button and send us a message. Thanks again for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast.